0: It is glass half-empty day here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, as I discuss three reasons why the Bruins will not be as good as they were last season. Let's get into it, shall we? Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day, every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So please do search up Locked On Boston Bruins smash that subscribe button so that you never miss a thing today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before that's bet online where the game starts the nhl regular season officially begins today with a game being played in Prague between the national predators and the San Jose Sharks. to weekend overseas series. The Bruins, of course, still have one more preseason game before they make some final roster decisions. Yesterday on the podcast, I talked about how I believe the Bruins can and will be improved over last season. I'm a glass-half-full kind of guy. Today, I'm going to take the glass-half-empty approach and discuss why the Bruins might struggle to replicate last season's success and might be primed to take a step back. The first reason was on display yesterday in the form of some roster decisions as the Bruins most notably sent Mark McLaughlin, Fabian Lysell, and Johnny Beecher to the AHL it is a commitment to some veteran players who are perhaps on the downside of their careers that would keep the Bruins from achieving success this season that's your Chris Wagner's Thomas Nosek Nick Foligno to be more specific Mark McLaughlin had an amazing camp. Eh, Maybe amazing is a bit strong, but he had a great camp, Jim Montgomery said. They're really happy with his development. There's certain areas of his game that they really want him to focus on down in Providence. Details, physicality, production, tenacity, his ability to score. All of that shown through. He's going to be a big part of the Bruins' future, Montgomery said. They do have great depth. Right now, it's what they think is best for the Bruins moving forward. Lysell and Beecher, a little less surprising. Uh, they, Montgomery said, are tremendous young hockey players that are going to be really good Bruins in the future. Uh, on Wednesday against the Rangers, it was their first opportunity to play against a real NHL lineup. And you can see where they need to continue to grow their game. And uh, that's why it's great to have such a great coaching staff in Providence that are good at developing young players that are going to be a big part of the future. So here we have a situation, and it's a, a talking point that I've mentioned several times on the podcast throughout training camp. Do the Bruins roll with some more veteran, established players who perhaps are Not as skilled as some of their younger counterparts, but bring leadership, character, grit, etc. Or do they err on the side of skill, youth, and incorporate McLaughlin, perhaps Beecher, Studnika into the lineup? McLaughlin pretty much did everything that he could to make the team... And he was still sent down. Jacob Lauko remains up. I'm not quite sure why he would get a longer looking camp than McLaughlin. But, you know, the Bruins are committed to a bunch of these older guys through the remainder of this season. Chris Wagner's 31. He's under contract for one more season. Thomas Nosick, 30. Uh, Craig Smith, 33. Nick Foligno, 34. Obviously, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Brad Marchand in their mid to late 30s as well. But those are guys that are aging like a fine wine. They're playing still at high levels. Yes, I include Krejci in that. So this um, need or desire to stick with these more established players that Don Sweeney brought into the mix um, is potentially detrimental to the Boston Bruins. Especially if you're going to put Nick Felino on the top line as he was deployed in practice on Thursday. Montgomery said they're giving different guys a look on the top line. Uh, he wanted to see what AJ Greer looked like with Charlie Coyle. Wanted to see what Trent Fred Frederick would look like with Thomas Nosick. Um, therefore, Felino got a look on the top line and that You can make an argument for Felino to be on the on the opening night roster. Look at his injury-plagued season and kind of write it off and, and give him a bit of a fresh start under a new head coach. But top-line deployment, uh, I'm not quite sure if that's uh, that's the right move there. Uh, Nosik, I know he's a great penalty killer, but he hasn't really shown anything in training camp. Wagner's brought some physicality, but... He wasn't good enough to make the team last year. I don't know if much has changed, especially with added depth. So again, this commitment to these uh, types of players could very well be a detriment to the Boston Bruins moving forward. And that's one of the reasons why I believe the Bruins, you could take a glass half-empty look. Uh, In fairness, you know, In the case of Lysel, he definitely needs some seasoning in the AHL. McLaughlin Beecher. It's a tough ask for some of these guys to come in right out of college and be NHL contributors. I understand they're waiver exempt, and it's important to get some AHL playing time. But in the case of uh, a somewhat older prospect like Mark McLaughlin who's 23 years old you know he certainly showed enough to warrant at least a fourth line spot on the opening night roster in my opinion and uh you know you have other options there I don't think Nick Felina's going anywhere but sick, Wagner you know there are better options on the roster at this moment or in the organization I should say Before we get to some talk about the early season injuries that could keep the Bruins from being successful this season, a quick word about BetOnline.net, your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, MMA, boxing, golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Now we know that Charlie McAvoy and Brad Marchand will be out of the lineup for up to six, seven weeks with projected return dates of around Thanksgiving, December 1st. You cannot understate how much the Bruins could miss those two guys. Yes, they have contingencies in place. Yes, they have a next-man-up mentality and have for a long time. But Charlie McAvoy, arguably a top-five defenseman in the NHL. Brad Marchand, arguably the best left-winger in the NHL who plays effectively in all situations. Those are two big losses for the Boston Bruins. And there's been a lot of talk about The Ottawa Senators, the Detroit Red Wings, if you look at the Metro Division, talk about the New Jersey Devils, the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets as being on the come up and possibly challenging for playoff spots. The Bruins can ill afford to stumble out of the gate and drop a bunch of points. Compounding that issue is the fact that Taylor Hall was injured during training camp and Matt Grislyk, uh underwent off-season shoulder surgery and both could miss some time to begin the season. Now, encouragingly, both Hall and Grizzlick skated with the team on Thursday wearing a yellow non-contact jerseys. Hall was originally termed as week-to-week after suffering an upper body injury last week in Philadelphia. Jim Montgomery said, what he's finding out is how tough Taylor Hall is. His pain tolerance is really high. He's pushing it. He doesn't want it to be week-to-week. They're monitoring it right now, and there's a little bit of hope that he can be back sooner than week-to-week. Does that mean he'll be in the lineup for opening night? Probably not, but it's looking like it won't be a multi-week situation, which obviously is a benefit to the Boston Bruins. Grizzlik, meanwhile, appears to be ahead of schedule. Uh, He was originally given a recovery time of five months after going under the knife on June 3rd. So that would be July, August, September, October early November. Montgomery said, uh, Greslick is going to go into a regular jersey real quick, which is good. He is ahead of schedule. He could be a week or more ahead of the original timeline, which would put him in the lineup, maybe missing a handful of games. That's huge for the Bruins. Again, you're already missing Marchand, you're already missing McAvoy. Two. Huge holes to fill. And the presence of Taylor Hall in the top six would bump Felino out, which is a, a benefit. And Grizzlick in there as well. Just gives the defense some added depth, which is uh, which is hugely important. Speaking of the defense and adding some veteran. Presence there. Anton Strawman looks like a guy who could be in the lineup come opening night. Jim Montgomery says he loves his poise, his game management. He made a play in the third on Wednesday where he got the puck at the offensive blue line, made a little dink pass to the slot, Montgomery's words, and then they're in the zone for another 20 seconds. Uh, To have that kind of poise and game management and know that you can make that play and have the time. It's a uh, risk versus reward situation, and the potential rewards are high with a guy like Strawman. This, unlike the forward situation, is something I'm in on. I I really like Strawman's game so far in the preseason, and I've been harping on for a while the need for some more depth on the right side, especially with McAvoy out. Connor Clifton, he has spurts where he's very effective. He also has times where not so much. So I would like to see Strawman in the opening night line up uh, with Carlo and then Zboral playing on the right side as well. So those are two reasons why the Bruins you can have a glass-half-empty look at things. A reliance on older players, injuries to begin the season. And when I say older players as well, you know, this isn't a young team by any means. There's going to be a lot of roster turnover after this season with Felino, Smith, Nosik, Wagner, Bergeron, Krejci. Even Pavel Zaka, who I think will be here for a long time. All those guys are UFAs at the end of this season. And, you know, Bergeron was instrumental in bringing Felino to town. The guys really love Chris Wagner in the room. So there's a bit of politicking going on as well behind the scenes among the players. They're coming back for one last kick at the cup. You want to be surrounded by your guys in the room as well and there's more that goes into decision making than just stats age skill level even um and that's the the, that's the direction the bruins are trending for this season at least um perhaps jack stanika Pending, I do believe he'll be on the roster, so that's a bit of an infusion of youth, uh, but for the time being, you're going to have your Folinos, No Six, possibly even Chris Wagner in the opening night lineup, and uh, that could be to their detriment. Going to talk about the third reason why I believe the Bruins could take a step back this season. Here in a moment, but first I want to thank you again for making Locked On Bruins your first listen every day. On Monday, we're going to be doing a bit more of a season preview, some picks, and the like. Uh, For now, make your second listen the Locked On NHL podcast. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Alright, so my final reason why the Bruins will take a step back this season is the coaching change that happened over the summer. A lot of us were rightfully disappointed, upset when Bruce Cassidy was let go by the Boston Bruins. There's a reason he was scooped up nine days later by the Vegas Golden Knights. Now among the candidates that were mentioned in the interview process for the Bruins, Jim Montgomery was probably the guy that I was most pleased with in terms of the names that were bandied about. He was highly touted before he was hired by the Dallas Stars. That team was playing well under him before his untimely dismissal due to personal issues, battle with alcoholism. And he was an asset to the St. Louis Blues as an assistant coach, revamping their penalty kill, which was very effective last season. But still, he's not Bruce Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy's regular season record with the Bruins was stellar. The Bruins' underlying numbers under Bruce Cassidy were first class. There were of course questions about secondary scoring, relating to the youth, willingness or unwillingness to shake up the lineup, move some guys around to spark some offense. But, you know, he even said a coach is kind of like a chef and you can only cook with the ingredients that are added to your cart by the general manager. And Montgomery is kind of facing the same situation. Yes, he'll get an upgrade at second line center in the form of David Krejci over Eric Howla, but he's still going to have to plug in Foligno, Nosik, even Trent Frederick, who's been underwhelming in camp to a certain degree. So we're going to have to see here Jim Montgomery stepping up in the head coaching position and carving his own path with the black and gold. So far, I've been encouraged by um, how he's been handling camp, putting the roster together for preseason games. There were some red flags when Hall got hurt and he said the first names that popped up to play on the top line were Felino, Frederick, A.J. Greer even. Uh, those were far from the first names that popped into my head. Uh, the first name was Jake DeBrusque. Move him back to the left side. And if Felino is indeed on the top line on opening night, that's a bit of a yikes for me. Uh, and I'm a Nick Felino fan. I like him as a player when he's firing. You know, he has a, a track record of being an effective player. He was injure, injured a lot last season, moving to a new city, new team, trying to assert himself as a leader, but... As a new guy, you know, there's, there's complications there. He's a very personable guy as well. I'm rooting for him. I want him to do well. But as a top-line option, I don't see it. So add it all up, those are three reasons why I believe the Bruins could and will take a step back if all of that plays out if the injuries linger, if it takes Mershan a while to get back up to speed, if they're playing Nick Foligno on the top line, if Jim Montgomery proves to be not as effective as Bruce Cassidy. But in contrast with yesterday's, or in conjunction with yesterday's podcast, on why there's reason to be glass half full, like when this team is healthy, when the projected top nine is in the lineup, I think they are better than last season, and ultimately I do think that the over-under, which is set at 95.5, I believe the Bruins will be over that, and they might stumble a bit to begin with these injuries, but they'll be getting guys back for the majority of the season, and therefore should be uh, firing at all cylinders when the games matter most. So that's it. That's today's episode, my friends. I hope you are all doing well, had a great week, taking care of yourselves, taking care of each other. It's a long weekend up here in Canada, but I'll be back on Monday with a new episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Excited to gather with family over the weekend, watch some playoff baseball, go Blue Jays, and uh, yeah, just enjoy the fall weather finish a book, watch Rings of Power, watch um, House of the Dragon and all that fun stuff. So have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you again here on Monday on the Locked On Boston Ruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.